crunk at my grandma's house. <laughs> I mean, she's got the liquor cabinet to do it, so. Yeah. All um, right, gentlemen. All right. Are we? Are we recording? Are you both recording, I've been recording your from voices? The word, I've been recording from the word "crunk." Yes, Amazing. I am now recording. <laughs> well, in that case, then welcome to the Q4 podcast, the only podcast you can listen to where three people sit on their computers at 9.30 on a Sunday night and talk about how sad they are. This is going to be a quicker episode because it's late at night, but I first want to mention that in Minnesota, we're supposed to get snow on Tuesday, three to five inches. Anthony, it, I'm sad Is it really... It. Three to five inches. That's what the weather channel says. <laughs> okay. So I'm, you know, I am I am getting upset because I am used to a Minnesota uh, temperature schedule. Like around this time, we're already supposed to be having snow. We're supposed to be getting ready for like putting up, you know, getting Christmas music out November 1st, getting ready for Christmas decorations and Thanksgiving and everything uh, in Jefferson City. It is supposed to be 85 degrees on Thursday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's not like a, you know, kind of a, a second wind of summer. You know, it's, it's fall, but you get like the 65, 70 degrees, so it feels warm and it's enjoyable. No, that is actual summer weather, and you're sweating through all of your clothes while you're at work and everything, and it is absolutely disgusting. I like Missouri temperatures for a lot of things, but this weird October to November, yeah, I, I do not like it. Give me winter right now. Yeah, I that's pulled it. out the, the classic... Midwestern dad move of putting the lining kugels out in the garage to get cold <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> and that's how I knew that winter had arrived. It's even better that it's lining kugels just to emphasize <laughs> the Midwest. <laughs> I love it. Can't get anything else here. It's it the 85 is too hot. Like I it is. I would totally so mess with like 60, but 85, 85 is, is like ugh. Top range of perfect temperature. Like, that's right where you want to be out on the lake and you're swimming and you're boating yeah. and everything. Uh, that's not October getting ready to listen to Christmas music. I'm sorry. There is a like a two month window where 85 is, is acceptable, maybe three, like June through August. That's cool. But Your once we get preparation there, for no. Christmas music starts so early, Noah. I it's want November you to be 1st. aware of that. <laughs> oh, I, I am very much aware of it, but Minnesota is conducive to that, where by the time you hit November 1st, you very well could have a foot of snow on the ground. Oh, yeah, easily. There was I had that moment as well in my in my house the other day. I was, was in the kitchen with my lovely girlfriend, and we were cooking or cleaning or doing something, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my God, it's snowing out. And then, bang, the all I want for Christmas is you followed almost immediately <laughs> to the first side of snow. So, and I was just like, my goodness, can we please get through Halloween first before we get to the Christmas music? That's the, like I've heard some people have the rule where first snow falls when they break out the Christmas music. That's... And in Missouri, that could happen much too late. Like you could be waiting until the first week of December before you break out the Christmas music. But in Minnesota, that could come much too early. Having a date based system by which you uh, pull out your Christmas music and, and listen to it at that time is just so much more convenient. Like in my house, it's always been November 1st through the 12 days of Christmas. So November 1st to January 5th, that's Christmas music. Before then, not my mom likes to skirt the rules a little bit and be watching <laughs> Christmas movies in July, but we don't count her. Um, <laughs> But before November 1st, after January 5th, it's all put away. You don't listen to it. If we followed the uh, snow-based rule for snow or for Christmas music in Minnesota, 
Uh, historically, there is a chance that we could be listening to Christmas music as early as August 31st. And you could be listening to Christmas music as late as May 31st. Uh, yeah, June seriously. 4th is latest recorded. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so you could, be, you could be listening to Christmas music 11 months out of the year in Minnesota. And I'm sorry. I love Christmas music. Christmas is my favorite holiday, favorite season. Absolutely love it to death. But there's a time and place for it. Yeah. <laughs> time yeah, and, and place not is November August 1st to 31st. January 5th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't want to get, I, I just said, you know, it's a marathon. Like, we don't need to just get right into a whole album of Christmas music today. You know what I mean? Like, it's let's enjoy the the re- relaxation of this time and and not like, okay, we got to get Christmas music right away. Because I'm like, I don't want to be exhausted by December. That's when I want right. to be, like, getting it. I, I want that to be the top of the bell curve. You know what I mean? Exactly. And also, plus, I, I've never been a big fan of Halloween. It just it's never really been my holiday. All the spooky stuff is just not my jam. But there are a lot of fun fall activities and, and fall things that aren't Halloween that you can do. Like today, I did a news story at a pumpkin patch and like it was absolutely beautiful pumpkin patch weather today. It was you know 55 degrees, oh, yeah. kind of chilly, but that's you know, perfect for you know getting some hot cider uh, from the barn and, and taking a, a, a hay bale ride and everything. Uh, so. Christmas music, like I said, if you do a month based system where you start on November 1st, you can get all your fall stuff done in October, enjoy the season, and then Thanksgiving and Christmas, bring it on November. I don't, November 1st even seems a little on the early side for me. Thanksgiving, well, that's why, Thanksgiving for, that's is when I usually go. No, 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 no. Think of the first three weeks of November as like a primer. So it's it's just Christmas music. No Christmas decorations or anything. Just kind of get you pumped for the holiday season. And then the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, that's when you go all out. You just go it's, insane. It's, it's, it's one month to Christmas. You put everything up. And then it all comes down January 5th. I don't know, man. I'm really bummed you know what out I want that for there's Christmas supposed to be... this year. What'd you say? You know what I want for Christmas this year? A Vikings win. Happiness. I want the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Damn game is <laughs> what I want for Christmas I was, this year. There's a, I do have a topic I want to talk about, and this came up uh, while I was talking to one of our sports guys at uh, at work. He was he's originally from New York and is a Jets fan, and so oh, I made God. the comment about yeah, the Vikings Vikings got absolutely smashed today, and he looks at me just deadpan, like. Don't even talk to me about that. <laughs> Shows me the score. Uh, the Jets were down 24 to zero against the Dolphins. So I'm like, ooh, yeah, sorry about that, bud. But yeah, so that that will I have a topic about that. But TJ, please be sad. No, I, I don't want you to be sad, but you are already said. So I, please I share more with to us. say more than I've already said. I do not understand what's going on. I do not understand how a team that finished okay last year can suddenly be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I do not understand the massive drop-off that Kirk Cousins has had in the ability to not throw it directly to defenders this season. <laughs> Kirk, I, Kirk Cousins looks like a bad quarterback right yes. now. Not, not even a, a, a decent or a mediocre. He looks like a Bad QB, like he should not be starting bad. On the first play of the game, he threw it directly to a linebacker. Who does that? <laughs> Kirk Cousins does that. That's the answer. And our backup, Sean Mannion, would be no better. 
and that's the problem. I for for the first time today, I had I had the moment where I was like, you know what? Ah, <sighs> maybe it's not all the offensive line. Like maybe there <laughs> is some sort of decline that's happening or and and I'm trying to think I think back to last year when we started really poorly and everyone got all over Kirk Cousins, right? And it just pissed him off. And he was angry Kirk Cousins. And then he was good. And I'm watching him as he's walking over to the bench throwing his like third interception of the first half. And I'm like, dude, you need to get freaking angry right now because he just this looks whole whatever you got there. going on right now is not working. He throws his third and pick and he just kind of walks over to the sideline like, eh, we'll get him next time. No, you won't, Kirk. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the issue here. No better time to come up to play the division-leading Chicago Bears and then the Green Bay Don't Packers in the next two or three weeks, too. Chicago Bears. I do, <laughs> like, I... There's a, there's a deep part in my soul that is so insanely mad about the fact <laughs> that the Chicago Bears benched their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, for Nick Foles and are now 5-1. and one. I this is a weird year, my dude. I'm yeah, this so is weird. Th- they're ahead, ahead of the Packers, who I thought before today were arguably the best team in the league. Yes, Th- they just got spanked they by got Tampa Bay, though. That, that was fun to watch. That was and this hilarious. leads to my question, my main question <laughs> for today: Are there any good and or bad teams in the NFL, or are they all kind of just swirling around in a mixture of? Maybe we'll be good there, this week. There is a spectrum where you have teams like the Seattle Seahawks, the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are definitively good teams. Then you have the bottom tier, teams like the New York Jets, the New York Giants, pretty much anybody in the NFC East, uh, the Texans, <laughs> the Falcons, sadly the Vikings, who are definitively bad. Everyone else not in one of those groups. Who knows? The Eagles almost beat the Ravens today. They were a two-point conversion away from tying the game and sending it to overtime. So it, 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 it is incredibly confusing. You know there are some really good teams, really bad teams. Everybody else just kind of exists, as you mentioned, TJ, in this void where, you know, one week they could be blowing out a team and the next week they could be getting blown out themselves. I mean, you look at the... Look at the Rams. I mean, their game is still going on right now at the time of this recording. I'm going to check the score here real quick. Uh, but they were absolutely demolishing the uh, every team they played. Although, yeah, they're they're losing 21 to nine right now at the time of this recording. Um, I did want to mention, though, too, the Rams are what, four and one at this point. Yep. Is yes. That, all four of those wins have come against the NFC East. <laughs> their one loss is against their only non NFC East opponent, and that was the Buffalo Bills. So the one time they play an actually competent team, uh, they lose. So that's a perfect example where the Rams record says they should be good. They're four and one, but they've played teams who play like garbage, who are garbage. And so they are a I, I would say they are a bad four and one team. And yeah, you can say you're you're as good as your record indicates. Four and one is four and one. Yeah, sure. But you lost to uh, uh, Buffalo and you're currently getting dominated by San Francisco, who's been decimated by injuries and who themselves have not been having a great season. So that's a long answer to say, who knows at this point? <laughs> I feel like that Josh Allen is Josh Allen good. 
Because Dude. he's looked good in a few games, and then he played against Tennessee and looked very not good. <laughs> I think Josh Allen is good. I think he's, like, if, if we were taking this another direction and went quarterbacks, I think he's, like, he is top 10 in the league for sure. No doubt right. in my mind. But And I, I think there's a difference between being a bad team and having a bad game, or being a bad quarterback and having a bad game. I mean, you look, the Chiefs had a bad game against the Raiders. But nobody's saying that Patrick Mahomes is a bad quarterback. Nobody's saying that the Chiefs are a bad team. They're still one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. It is incredibly difficult to win every single game. So I, I'm not concerned about either the Chiefs or the or the Bills' 4-1 and one records at this point because you're going to lose some in the NFL, and okay. particularly uh, uh, Kansas City versus uh, Las Vegas. I mean, Vegas, I think, is a good team as well, too. Mm -hmm. So it's just you're going to lose to good teams. I just think that the records, like I'm looking through this right now, and like TJ, you were you were getting to that we wanted to kind of like start to sift this out and figure out who's at the top and who's at the bottom. But like looking at some of these records, I just I have such a hard time believing that like the Chargers are one and four. Like they've lost, they almost beat the Chiefs in week like two or three or something like that. And I look down and I'm like uh, the Falcons, like obviously they've imploded tremendously in a couple of games, but they could very easily be three and three right now. You talk about the Cowboys who probably should be four and one at worst, like just looking around and some of these, some of these teams, like the Colts are four and two. I, I don't believe that at all. Like the I just don't are five believe, and oh? I like Philip Rivers is great, but four and two for the Colts, that's uh, that seems a little high. And I think the Bengals are a lot better than one and four. Like, I don't know. I'm just so weirded out by all of these records that I feel like it's really hard to determine, like, who is the the top and the bottom because there's just so much right in the middle. I forget the what analyst I was listening to talk about this. Uh, and I can't remember if it was on it was either Fox Sports Sunday morning. Uh, pregame shows or was on Bleacher Report. But one of their analysts was saying, usually you expect a team to kind of hit their stride and, and hit midseason form around week five or week six. And that's when you can tell definitively, OK, this is a good team. This is the product that we're seeing or this is a bad team. With a season like this, when you're delayed by COVID, when you really don't have a training camp, when you don't have a preseason, you have a lot of teams that are still working through some things. You're seeing a lot of teams who, are, who should be good or should be bad not playing like the team that they are. Uh, and so really, now because of all this, you're going to see teams kind of hitting their stride even later. You know, probably won't see it until week 10 or week 11 where you really have teams getting it into midseason form and looking like the team that they're going to be for the rest of the season. So we're not alone <laughs> in this confusion. Everybody is trying to figure out what the actual heck is going on here. <laughs> and Anthony, I want to, I want to, Go back to your thing about teams being better than what their record is or being worse than what their record is. Going back to the Chargers. Chargers, points scored 110. Points given up 125. They are 1-4, and four, and they have scored 15 less points than their opponents yeah. in five games. That's averaging three points less per game. Three points That's fewer. unbelievably frustrating. 
that was their problem last year too is that they were and same with like the lions like they were really good except for three minutes in the game and then that cost them the game and they lost and how about how about the dolphins at two and three with a point differential of uh positive 23 scored 136 points give it up 113 two and three I, going back to the uh, the Chargers, I remember talking about them, I think, at either the beginning or end of last season, where we made a similar comment, where they were just a very unfortunate team. Yeah. Uh, where they lost so many games by one possession. Going through, every single one of the games that they've played have been decided by one possession, by, by seven points or fewer. And so I thought when, when TJ brought up the, the points for versus points against it, I thought, oh, that's probably because the Chargers had one game where they just blew someone out, uh, and that kind of skewed their points for. But no, you look, uh, they beat the uh, Bengals 16-13 to in week one. Since then, they lost to the Chiefs 23-20 in overtime, lost to the Panthers 21-16, lost to the Buccaneers 38-31, lost to the uh, Saints 30-27 to in overtime. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're right there, and Justin Herbert has been How great does that this year. It's been he's been phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah, it's just I I I'm speechless. I have no idea how to gauge who is good anymore. The Browns have the third highest scoring offense in the NFL. In case you were wondering, the who is that? Cleveland Sorry. Browns. Oh yeah, dude. I don't. <sighs> For someone who's been a believer in the Browns, I just don't. It's it's so hard to believe in the Browns. It's just so like looking. The wins have come against the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Cowboys, which was the best game that they've played in the last four years, and then the Colts. So they got absolutely just shellacked by the Ravens and even more shellacked well, technically less shellacked by one point against the Steelers today. But <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, like, as much, this hurts me because I have to kind of go back against my love for Kirk Cousins and now Baker Mayfield, too. Like, I I just don't I, know if... I don't know if they're good, you guys. I don't know if... I cannot definitively say... Any team will make the playoffs this season. Yeah, I can't. Other do than it. like the I Seahawks, say, yeah, I think definitively you could say the Seahawks are going to make it. The Chiefs are going to make it. Uh, who else? Um, bu- 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 like bu- the Ravens? I yeah. I mean, I don't I, know, I, but like Pittsburgh's five and zero right now. Baltimore's only one game behind because they played an extra well, game. I, but and I think just by uh, I don't know. You look. Playoff field has been expanded this year, so there are seven playoff teams from each conference, which means a lot of most likely someone with a with a 500 record is going to get in. So if you look, there's a good chance that every single team with uh, who has four or five wins right now could get in or has a good chance of getting in. So you could say that the Titans, Seahawks, Steelers, Ravens, Bears are probably locks all because they have five wins right now. So just by simple math they've got a very good chance of getting in. Then you got the four win teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Rams, the Colts, the Browns, the Buccaneers. They also have a good chance because they've just won that many games so far. Um, but yeah, definitely saying, oh, yes, these people are the favorites to win. I think you could say that about the Seahawks for the NFC and then maybe the the Titans or the Chiefs for the AFC. Yeah. How Seahawks about the Steelers? Do, I, I, the Steelers, yeah, it's 
that's the you you could say oh yeah they're probably gonna make it but there's no one team is like oh yeah they're a surefire gonna make it to the championship round there's no team i look at and i say yes that's a really good football team that i can be confident is going to maintain themselves being good because apparently i don't know anything about football because (laughs) i thought some other teams were pretty good and now they all have seriously bad losing records so you know i i have a theory as to why we cannot accurately judge these teams we all had expectations that our teams the the vikings and the cowboys would be good this season we all had expectations that they would compete for the playoffs and you look both teams are in the bottom 10 in the league right now both teams are woefully underperforming both teams by all definitions are bad And so that has thrown off our entire calibration where if we thought these teams were good, but they're actually bad, well, now we can't accurately judge because everything in our mind is so set on like, if the Vikings are good, then we can accurately compare other teams based off of them. But the Vikings are one in five. The Vikings right now are fighting for a top five draft pick. That's not good. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> that is a correct assessment, I feel. <laughs> yeah. I would call that I would call that being a bad football team. Yeah. So we're TJ, you I don't know, I can't remember if we were recording or not, but you said you wanted to figure out the top five and the bottom five. And I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but is that was that your game yeah. plan? I would love if we could come up with an even like sort of possible ranking for top five and bottom five in the NFL. I think uh, that that is really hard because I think right now, top five, you definitely put the Seahawks and the Chiefs in there. I'd argue put the Titans in there. And then I don't know. Do you go with so there are currently five five win teams right now. Bears, Ravens, Steelers, Seahawks, Titans. I don't know about the Bears. I don't know about the Steelers. Ravens, yeah, probably. And then the Packers and the Rams right now. I mean, the Packers just got embarrassed today. The Rams are getting embarrassed today. So I don't think that they are any better than the other four win teams like the Bills or the Chiefs. But then also, you know, the Colts and the Browns are also four win teams, and I don't think they're nearly as good as the Chiefs and the Bills. So it's just, yeah, it's you can definitively say the Seahawks and the Chiefs probably at the top. But who do you go with for for the other top five? It's like, who's the, I don't know which ESPN, I might've been like sports nation or something, but they do like a pretender and a contender. And like, I think the Steelers are pretenders because they've played absolutely no one and they're five and oh. So whereas like I'm, the Bills, I'm putting Titans, I'm putting Titans confidently top five. Oh yes. yes. Without a doubt. Like, 100%. They, they, I find myself forgetting this. So I'm going to bring it up so other people don't forget this. This is a team that beat both the Ravens and the Patriots in, in the playoffs last year. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's, like they yeah. were one game away from the Super Bowl. And so, their, their schedule this year, I, they've got a lot of close games. Like, wow, a lot of close games. Uh, four or five have been decided by uh, one possession. Three or five have been decided by three points or fewer. Um they beat the Broncos week one, 16-14. Jaguars week two, 33-30. Vikings 31-30. Beat the Bills, so they just walloped the Bills, 42-16. Yeah. And then beat the Texans 42-36 today. So th- this is a team, and we, we've seen it before. The Patriots 
for a long time did that uh, when they were in their heyday with Tom Brady. A lot of times they'd play down to their opponent where you would be expecting them to blow out teams like the Vikings or the Texans right now or the Jaguars. Uh, but they didn't. They beat them by a combined 10 points. But then you have the Bills, who we are debating whether or not they're in the top five, absolutely creamed them, 42-16. So, I, yeah, just looking at this, this Tennessee Titans team, though, their offense is fantastic. Their defense plays well enough. <laughs> uh, they've given up 30 points three times this season. But, uh, yeah, and I do th- think this is- on, your, on your point of playing down to the opponent, I really do think that's their game plan. They have a right. running back who is unstoppable. So yes. all so, they do is um, just eat clock. On on that note, Anthony, I am so sorry <laughs> about your fantasy team this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I I am playing you, and I have Derrick Henry, and he put uh, up a whopping 40 points. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we like right there. That's great. I, I'm, I'm loving it. This, this is fantastic. Almost might double my score. And I put, I put Cooper Cup in. Just because I was like, I'm going to take him out. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm playing. No, I have to keep him in there. He uh, currently has one reception for zero yards. So he <laughs> is just killing it right now. Slow down, Mr. Cup. Yeah, you're going to need uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire to just like go off and have a record setting day. Yeah, and he like won't because LaShawn McCoy. Le'Veon Bell, but I know Le'Veon what you mean. Le'Veon Bell, goodness yeah. gracious. Another <laughs> another running back from New York. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, okay, LeSean McCoy is in Philadelphia. Uh, LeSean McCoy played for Buffalo, didn't he, for a while? He did. He did. Oh, yeah. 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 Come on, I get out of here. That. He's most well known for Philadelphia. You can't blame me. Not in my heart. <laughs> well, then you're just wrong. I remember him playing for the bad Buffalo Bills. Dude, now the Buffalo Bills are I in my top five. I would put them in there because I am no. a Josh Allen believer. No, absolutely not. I am. I am a still Josh convinced. Allen believer. Let, let me let me ask you this then, TJ. Who would you put above Buffalo right now? Who would I put above Buffalo? Let me pull up my standings again. I, so I think got, we all agree. I, I think we all agree. Titans and Chiefs, and the yep. Seahawks, and Seahawks, and Seahawks. I think you still got to throw Ravens guys, in there, too. You guys, I might put the Bears up there. You know, no. I'm... No. No, I, I just I'm, can't. I'm, I'm just, putting the I know Bills I, over I know the... I shouldn't. I know I can't. But this is a team that I... I'm not convinced they're bad. Right? I mean... Also, in context, their first three wins came against the Lions, the Giants, and the Falcons. Who have a combined record of what would that be? Uh, four and eleven. Lost to the Colts, and then uh, they beat the Bucks and the Panthers these last two weeks. So good performances, but I don't think that's better than than Buffalo at this point. Okay, but are we going to say the same thing about the Seahawks, who have beaten the Falcons, the Pats, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Vikings? So they're up there. But I mean, it, I, it's it's the way in which they're doing. I don't know. Russell Wilson is just a bad, bad man. And <laughs> I I would not bet against him this season. Okay, but I, I dude, I for some reason, like, yeah, because you're right, TJ. Looking at who the Seahawks have beat, they so they beat 
the Cowboys and they beat the Patriots. And those are the best two wins, I would say. But like there's something about the Seahawks that is like just watching them against the Vikings. It was like you just knew that the Vikings were going to lose that game. Like it's just something about the Seahawks. So I I don't know. I guess I don't know how to to describe it. And all of those middle teams are really what's going to make it hard. Because they've had only close wins against bad teams. Seahawks, three of their games have been decided by one score. But it's the Against Bears, the Vikings, though. it was by one point. Against the Vikings! <laughs> to be fair, the Vikings were playing surprisingly well that game. That doesn't matter! I don't think the Vikings are, are as bad as 1-5 says. For the record. But I don't think they're good either. I just want to get that out there. I don't yeah. think they're 1-5 bad. Yeah. I, I'm, I think... I'm, I'm at, the at, Bears, man. The Bears are... I I'm going to hate every part of this as it comes out of my lungs, through my throat, and out my mouth. The <laughs> Bears are a good football team. I don't disagree with that. I don't think they're top five at this point. I don't trust Nick Foles enough to be but a top you should. five. You definitely he, he, should. Why should we though? You Why should. should I? Because he's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the End only reasoning I have So Nick Foles is the most confusing man On the face of the planet Because there's no reason That he should have a statue of himself Outside of Philadelphia But he does Because he won a Super Bowl With that team He won a Super Bowl there He didn't even start this season I think he won that Super Bowl because he was in a very good position to do so. We've seen his only prolific passing numbers, his prolific passing seasons have come from an Andy Reid-style offense. It's either been with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson, who was a part of the Andy Reid coaching tree. I think Nick Foles is a, he can be, he's a, he is a talented athlete. He is a decent quarterback who can be a great quarterback under the right coaching. I do not think... The Bears have that. So TJ. I think Nick Foles will be a serviceable quarterback. He will not be what he was in Philadelphia. I think that's a great adjective. He will be serviceable. Like he will just be, he will just be. He won't be as bad as Trubisky for sure, but he will just be. TJ, let me ask you this question. If you had right now, today, if the Bills played the Bears, who wins? And then two, do you think Nick Foles this year or Josh Allen this year is a better quarterback? I don't know. And it <laughs> scares that- me. I'm staring into this void where I am completely lacking in knowledge. And I, I, it shocks me to my core because I can't tell you if Josh Allen is better than Nick Foles because... It, Nothing makes sense anymore. (laughs) Josh Allen has a cannon of an arm. And in a lot of games, he's looked a little more accurate. He's also playing against bottom-tier defenses. And the moment he was against a team that looks like a playoff contender, he pooped the bed. Big and stinky. (laughs) All right? (laughs) So, I don't... I'm not convinced he's a good quarterback. And Nick Foles, while I'm not convinced he's a good quarterback or a great quarterback, he's putting up numbers that are on par with the numbers he put up the season he won the Super Bowl. That's, but the, the, the season he won the Super Bowl, he came in as a starter in week 14. 
He I'm didn't talking have on a game to game basis. He didn't have a His, prolific. He did not have prolific games until the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. They barely won by the skin of their teeth in the NFC divisional round against the Falcons. And week 16 and 17 were nail biters as well against the Bears. And I forget okay, what, but what other team they were That's playing. the thing, Nick, then. Nick Foles had to if get back. If he can scrape by, by the skin of his teeth and get to the NFC Championship game, there's got to be something there, right? <laughs> right? He's got to be and doing was, something. And that, and that was the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles had a phenomenal defense the, the defense, that year. Yeah. Are you telling and me the Bears don't have one of the best defenses in the league right now? That, 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 that's what I'm saying. The Bears are good, but I, I don't trust Nick Foles to be that quarterback. And it took Nick Foles to be that quarterback once it mattered. I mean, once the defense broke down in both the NFC champion, or particularly in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles had to be dynamite. I don't think you can trust Nick Foles to be dynamite at this point. And I don't think this Bears team is as good. I th- And I think we're arguing about okay, who is fifth place versus who is sixth place. It's not like by not putting the Bears in the top five or saying we're one of the worst teams in the league. I think if they're not top five, they're probably sixth or seventh overall right now. But Nick Foles right now is just not a great court. I mean, look, he has thrown for 680 yards and five touchdowns this year. That's averaging. I mean, granted, he's what started three, three games. It's something like that. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know exactly. So, averaging what? Two hundred and twenty ish, two hundred twenty five ish yards per game and not quite two touchdowns. He also has a total QBR below 50, which is below average. <laughs> I mean, he is just I, I trust Josh Allen more than I trust Nick Foles at this point. And because of that, because the NFL is such a quarterback reliant league, I think that automatically puts the bills ahead of the Bears. I can't. I can't do it. I I'm going with my gut. And when Nick Foles gets a picture taken of him in front of the statue that will be outside of Soldier Field in Chicago (laughs) next year, you are going to listen back to this podcast and tell me that I was right. That I was right about it. This is I still can't believe you're defending this as. hmm. I As can't believe it either. That's where we're at this year. <laughs> I am defending <laughs> Nick Foles playing for the Chicago freaking Bears and saying they are a top five team and that he is going to the playoffs. And I can't well, believe the, I'm doing it. I'm mad about it. The, the Bears will have a couple of tests over the next three weeks. They're playing the Rams, the Saints, and the Titans. Uh, granted, you know, they're I not, say they take two or three of those. I I'm not sure. Time I, I th- out. The the Saints are are probably their most winnable game against the Rams and the Titans, though. I have no idea. How are the Rams doing right now against a two and four team with fifteen starters injured right now? I think though it's possible. <laughs> How is that going say, for them? I think it's it's possible. You look all of these division games. In division games are always much closer than they otherwise should be just because you have a much more intimate knowledge of that other team and know what they want to do and what they're trying to do. So I think the Rams getting shut down by the Niners right now is not indicative that they are a bad team. It's just that Kyle Shanahan is a coaching genius and knows how to exploit their weaknesses. TJ, would you like to make a monetary wager that the Bears go one and two or less over the next three weeks? Absolutely not. Okay. I am in no way confident <laughs> enough to put money on this. What if we took what if we did a non-monetary bet? Yeah, just like shaming on the podcast or something. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was listening to an old episode of the podcast. 
we were talking about uh, TJ, Sam's and my trip to Florida and the video of TJ lying face down after the Vikings were just hum- humiliated <laughs> yeah. in the NFC championship game. Would you be willing to wager that if the Bears do not go two and one over their next three games that we can post that on Twitter? Huh? That uh-huh. that is a that sounds great. If the Bears do not go two and one or better over right. the next three games, we will post that video on the Offside yes. Sports Twitter account. Yes, yes, yes. With okay, one so caveat: if that if there's a COVID restriction, this bet is off. Oh, so if, sure. games get, yeah. if games get flipped around and there's scheduling confusion, uh, the bet is not happening anymore. And I have to make that because... So if, so if the Bears play the Rams, Saints, and Titans by November 8th, which is when they're all scheduled, and they do not go... Or they go 1 and 2, or 0 and 3, we will post that video on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. And I'm... Really not happy about the fact that I'm agreeing to this, but I'm, I'm agreeing to it. All right, and so I only to only to be fair, if they go two and one, what is something that Anthony and I can do that is equally as embarrassing? Yeah, I was trying to think of that. Like, I, we got to make this a fair wager, but I don't know what I've done. I just everything about me is embarrassing, so I just don't have. I don't know. <laughs> we'll think to some. Okay, I will I will I will take the fall on this one. I recently was cleaning out my closet and found an old DVD case. Uh, just like a, a bunch of it could hold about 50 to 55 DVDs. In all sli- all the sleeves were full of individual episodes of the original Offside Sports from when I was just a wee lad. Oh, yes. and they are all incredibly cringy. Oh, so I, yeah. will, I will find one of my most embarrassing moments and we can post that on Twitter. You heard it if here, the bears go, If the I Bears think, go two and one. I think I, want the bears, I think I want the Bears to win now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Join me. I guess you could just put any of our old Another Angle episodes on there and that would be oh, embarrassing gosh. enough from my, for all three of our perspectives, I guess. I don't know. At least mine, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you were on camera most, Anthony, so that'd be... Although I, I, I was watching them recently and they weren't horrible. They're obviously very low production quality, but they were, they were, they were right. fine. We had, a, we had a very low ceiling, I think, as yeah. far as on-air talent went. Yeah. High floor, low ceiling kind of guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, we could get the job done and we could put out a respectable product, but yeah. we weren't going to become ESPN 5. <laughs> we are <laughs> determined to become the Andy Daltons of the sports broadcasting world. Why that brings us into our that? second short segment because it Why? is late at night and I want to hear Noah's response because I haven't gotten Why? to talk to him about it yet. Andy Dalton, Noah, what are your thoughts? Okay, first off. Before we dive into Andy Dalton, I am so disappointed, so angry, so frustrated with anybody who says that the Vi- or the, the Cowboys' inability to succeed, to succeed is all on deck, and that Andy Dalton coming in will be able to do. This is quoting verbatim what someone uh, commented on Facebook under one of the articles 
detailing Dax injury. So this is like immediately after it happened. So incredibly distasteful, but then also just wrong. It's like uh, Andy will take us to places that Dak never could. It's like, okay. no, no. Like one we have playoff seen, win that Andy Dalton has. We have mm. seen exactly what Andy Dalton is. And he is a four time pro bowler who led the Bengals to the playoffs in four straight seasons and got bounced in their first game. <laughs> he, he is a competent quarterback. I think right now I would rank him <laughs> above people like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, we, he came in, performed admirably, <sighs> granted against the Giants. But I mean, you saw some of the throws, particularly that sideline throw to Michael Gallup. Uh, just a, a phenomenal throw. Andy Dalton showed that he can still sling it, showed that he can still throw it well, and that the Cowboys, they're going to have to change their offense, but they probably won't have to change it nearly as much as, like, you, if we go back to 2015, heaven forbid, uh, and you're throwing out Brandon Whedon. I mean, that was that was horrible. <laughs> I think the Cowboys can still be a competent... Uh, let me rephrase that. The Cowboys have not been a competent team this year. I don't think the Cowboys will be any worse or much worse with Andy Dalton than they were with with Dak Prescott, just solely because the problems of this team are not the quarterback. Everything that was wrong with the Cowboys when Dak was there is still wrong with Dak not there. The offensive line is in tatters. You lost both of your starting tackles and your starting center. You only have Zach Martin there from that original dominant offensive line of the mid-2010s. The defense is still historically bad. Gave up 35 points to the New York Giants who got their first win today against Washington, a team without a name. <laughs> I mean, it's just, we made the Giants look competent. And so that's still there. The defense is bad. Safeties are still horrible. Our linebackers are still injured. We're still missing a pass rush. We have no idea where that is. So I, I'm slightly more comfortable after watching Andy Dalton perform that he's not going to be the dumpster fire that Brandon Whedon or Kyle Orton or anyone else we've started when Tony Romo was injured. Um, he's not going to be that bad. He is still a good quarterback. I highly, highly doubt that he will turn this team around and turn it into something that it wasn't. And that is a competent football team who can compete with some of the best teams in the league. I think he can still guide us to an NFC East win, but that's not saying much because we're leading the division right now. And we're two and three. Even if we lose to the Cardinals tomorrow and go two and four, we're still leading the division. This this Dallas team has an identity crisis right now. Mike McCarthy loves passing, which is great. I mean, we saw Dak had some of the best number of numbers of his career was on historic paces. Had he kept that pace up throughout an entire 16 game season. But the Cowboys weren't better off because of it. This team for as much crap as Jason Garrett got for being kind of vanilla, kind of predictable, everybody knew what he was going to do. It worked. I mean, you look in the most successful seasons that the Cowboys have had of the last decade in 2014 and 2016, you had a strong offensive line and a running back who led the league in rushing. In 2014, it was DeMarco Murray with 1,845 yards and Zeke in 2016 with 1,600 yards. This team is built to be a ground and pound offense. But without that offensive line and with the focus shifting to passing, Zeke is becoming kind of the forgotten player <laughs> on this team, which is ridiculous. All of that to say. Andy Dalton will not be the problem when Dallas goes four and twelve. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. I don't think like there's there is no Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. 
like Nick Foles had the capability to like, so thinking about that, what was that? 2017 or 2018, 2017, 2017 NFC run that they had at the end of the year, the Eagles, Mm -hmm. like Nick Foles has that high ceiling ability. Well, and you saw that way back in 2013 when his first run with the Eagles with uh, Andy Reid. That's when he had, what, 27 passing touchdowns to two interceptions. Yeah. I mean, you saw that. Sounds like you guys are starting to agree with me on this. No, 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 no. Because hear me out. We're saying under the right system, Nick Foles looked like a good quarterback. Andy Dalton showed that under the right system, he could get you to the playoffs. But that was it. And who knows? Maybe Mike McCarthy. I mean, you, you, I. someone was talking today about uh, it was actually it was my uh, coworker, one of, one of the sports guys from KRCG was saying that uh, Mike McCarthy was really good with quarterbacks. He really only had one quarterback. And that was Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers would have been good regardless. So, yeah, I, I don't know if Mike McCarthy is that good with quarterbacks. But who, who knows? Maybe he will be better for uh, uh, Andy Dalton than Cincinnati was. But I'm just I'm just saying like the 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 talent the ceiling was there for Nick Foles. I don't think he'll ever hit that again because he's not in the right system. He has to be with Andy Reid or one of Andy Reid's disciples. That that's it. That and and he got his Super Bowl. He got a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and I love Nick Foles as a person, but he is never getting back to that. And Andy Dalton is a very similar player, just with a lower ceiling. I think tomorrow is going to be incredibly telling for yes. our conversation today. The Cowboys and the Cardinals game, but then also Chiefs and Bills. Yes. I think that is going to be incredibly telling. And just looking up stats, I'd like to add in, just not not for any particular reason, but just, you know, I'd just like to throw this in. Um, the second leading passer in the league is uh, Josh Allen with 1,589 yards. So, um, yeah, I just I just saw that and I thought that might be interesting to yeah, add thing, into this podcast. I mean, to be fair, I don't think yards is really an indicator of anything. I mean, through four weeks, Dak Prescott was leading the league, and I, I think Dak he's Prescott still was leading a, the league right now. <laughs> yeah, Dak, Dak Prescott was a fantastic quarterback, still is a fantastic quarterback, but that does not make a good team. If you have a team with it with a historically bad defense and an offense that's in in tatters. You could throw for all the yards you want. And Dak Prescott said, said it himself. I think it was after their loss to the Seahawks. They fall to one and three. Uh, a reporter asked him about his pace. And he, the quote was, I would trade all of those yards for a different record. And I, I understand. I would much prefer Dak Prescott be, you know, 25th in the league in passing. But the Cowboys be 4-0 right now. Yeah. I'm just saying that it shows that there's some some legitimacy to the claim oh, of the yes. offense of the Buffalo Bills being yes. the the Bills are a good team. The Bills are a top five team. I'm glad all the, three of us can agree yeah, on that. Better than the Bears. <laughs> glad we all came to that consensus. <laughs> oh man. I'm editing this part out. <laughs> <laughs> no you're not. You you are you not allowed to have these opinions on this podcast. <laughs> you either you agree with say, me or you are silenced. <laughs> you, you always say you're gonna edit stuff out, but you never do. It yeah, because be it's, and it ends up being too much work to edit it out. So I just decide to leave it in because I'm a little <laughs> bit lazy when I edit these episodes. You know, the best I'm way sure for the you to 20 people to who are listening uh, like to hear the parts that I would rather not have them hear. <laughs> <laughs> the best way for you to remember to do this is just like drop an F bomb. 
So then you have to go I back and edit it regardless. <laughs> I will not do that because then it would make more work for me. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you would be forced to do it. So. And on that bomb. Uh, oh, see, you get it. Guys, but you the, get it. Yes, I get it. Um, I would this this is related to the end of the show. I promise I'm not spinning us off into another tangent uh, a little bit, but it's we're going to end the show. It's not like I'm going to talk about another topic. When I was driving back from Minnesota, ran on a podcast to listen to. So I was listening to an old episode of Q4. I found a lost hashtag, a hashtag that we forgot about. Oh, my gosh. What? Dude, does the name Bill the Puma ring any bells? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Washington. Washington. Get Bill the Puma. So, yeah, we we forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag Bill the Puma. Hashtag Bill the Puma, man. Hashtag also could be taken in a different way. Uh, hashtag get money from the cougar. Hashtag build the puma for our services. <laughs> we are hashtag Romo 2020. Hashtag go Browns. Hashtag Teddy got signed. Hashtag spoof for boof. Hashtag Kevin. Hashtag Jolt the Bolts. Hashtag Cobb Bostis. Oh, there's also another one we forgot about. Hashtag kiss Carter. hashtag plug me in hashtag heck off stan hashtag wtf wft hashtag build a puma (laughs) forgot about kiss Carter. really really forgot about that one Um, yeah so two two lost hashtags and i'm sure many more to come Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so from all of us here at the Q4 podcast, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate us two stars on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to say that at the end of every episode now because it's it's necessary. We need to maintain a solid two and a half star average. If you, know, you can do something, gonna... like, they'll be like actually productive to the show and, and our viewership. Like, you know, tell them to like and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and check out the website. <laughs> Yeah, but that wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> why, why would like it us on, fun? Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at the offspot. Off, oh, gosh. At the offside <laughs> SN. There's a lot of jokes that go out on there and not a lot of actual real content happening, but many memes. So follow us there. Uh, look at our website where I post these episodes so if you're listening you're probably already there uh (laughs) thanks for listening we'll see you next time